Hey guys, welcome back to Arcade Militia. We're finally back after a very long hiatus, <laughs> uh, but we're, we're right on top of it because um, I've been talking about it with friends and stuff, but I have a list of games I need to play that keeps getting longer each week, essentially, as people recommend mm -hmm. me more and more games, <laughs> and I keep just playing GTA and Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> and Steph just keeps playing Cyberpunk, but the list of games <laughs> keeps getting bigger. And we're always talking about how, like, oh man, we need to experience all these new games and we keep playing the same games. So today we're actually doing something different, and we're talking about some indie titles that are very unique and very fun. And they, um, I don't know if people have already coined a term for these types of games, but uh, Steph had a great position. What'd you call them? Uh, <laughs> dystopian puzzle games dystopian puzzle games that's that's a great way to put it because they're like so we're going to be talking about road 96 mind scanners and a little bit about games that are kind of like satellite to those um to kind of lead the way stuff like uh, papers please um because these are games where essentially you're just a person um all these games kind of follow the same format of you're just a person mm -hmm. trying to do a very mundane thing um, in the case of something like Mind Scanners, you're just a psychologist in this weird dystopian future, or a psychiatrist, I guess you could mm -hmm. say. Uh, and in Papers, Please, you're just a border officer. And in Road 96, you're just a teen trying to cross the border. They're all very, like, mm -hmm. essentially very mundane common things, but they're all, all of them follow the same trapment of, well, even if you're just a mundane person, your choices have a lot of uh, meaning to other people you come across. A lot of uh, a lot of RPG games with like open world and like choices to make. Um, they'll uh, they'll really focus on the idea that you know your choices will revolutionize the world. But these games are very uh, mm -hmm. personal. They're very like minimalist in that sense. That, like you don't really affect the world that much aside from some key choices. But the things that really, at least for me, right, that kind of stick with me is the choices you made that affect each person you meet along the way. Because that feels like so much more grounded. Yeah. yeah. And one thing that I was going to point out is another thing that all of these games share is that if you chose to, if you wanted to be the type of person that never like really looked into the world around you and figured out how chaotic and dystopian it is, you could just play these all as straight puzzle games. Right. Um, maybe not Road 96, because once you get to the end, there are some real world in implications for the choices you've made. But I mean, even then, if you wanted to, you could just turn a blind eye to it and have that kind of mentality of, you know, you got mine yeah. and just keep moving on. And that's I, to me, that's the really interesting part of these. I've never been able to play them that way because I get so engaged with the world and I want to know like how we came to be here. But if you wanted to, you could totally just play this as like, uh, I need to zone out for 10 minutes game and just do some puzzles and never ever worry about it again right which is for me the the weirdest part of this all because i've seen so many people play uh papers please right and in that game uh -huh. you're just working as a border security agent and your job is mm -hmm. that simple choose who can enter the, the the country or turn them away very simple right so so all you're doing is checking to see if passports are correct, you're checking to see if their IDs mm -hmm. are correct. You're checking to see if all the documents match up and you're making sure they're not smuggling anything. And that's it. It's, mm -hmm. it's pretty simple. The The detail right. of it is that 
people are people. And it's very easy for you to turn on your mentality of like, oh, it's just a video game and not engage with it right. as, a, as an art medium and just think like, it's just a video mm -hmm. game, therefore I don't need to care about it. So when that mother comes to the checkpoint and she's talking about like, please don't turn me away, I need to see my son. And you're like, well, your <laughs> your ID is you know not it's past expiration date by one week, so therefore yeah. I cannot let you your enter. Your passport's expired. Yeah, right. exactly. It's like it's a, it's an official passport. It's just been expired for one week, so therefore I'm gonna need to turn you away, even though you just told me you have mm -hmm. no means of uh, surviving on your own, and you're coming here because you need to live with your son. I'm just like, it's just my job. But a lot of people don't even mm -hmm. get to that point of like, uh, what you say, like you got mine. Because I think a lot of people don't even right. enter that kind of perspective of just thinking about it as a real thing. They don't get immersed enough to like understand that their implications, their characters, and they um, don't try to play the role, quote unquote. They're just playing a video game. It's almost like as if they're playing like Minesweeper or Pac-Man. They're just pressing the buttons to get the high score. Right. But what's funny about that is if you do play it that way, you are actually playing it the most dystopian way that you could <laughs> right it's by just, just yeah. razor focusing on one task and just completely ignoring the world crumbling around you and to me that adds an extra layer of kind of humor to it even though these games can get have these dark undertones you could just choose to ignore it all and then just actually be the most dystopian role player ever <laughs> the most efficient worker <laughs> and just yeah uh, ignore the bureau everything. cat in the midst of chaos exactly <laughs> <laughs> Which is honestly a, an interesting take, right? Because it just shows how fascism takes humanity away from people in the sense that exactly the way to best play these games uh, as far as mind scanners and papers please go is you're supposed to not let emotion at all dictate um, what you're doing. Don't take emotion into account. Mm -hmm. You're just a machine pressing and punching buttons to get the maximum efficiency out of stuff. Which is... Um, right. Extra ironic, actually, and the game really points that out because I feel like uh, not to uh, lead the witness too much, but, you know, uh, Papers, Please, uh, and a bit of a spoiler warning, I suppose, is very much against this sort of mindset because it pokes fun at it mm -hmm. constantly. So much so that in one of the endings, arguably the best ending of Papers, Please, is that eventually you realize that the country you're working for is going to shambles so you save up enough money to get you and your family out. And then when you get your family mm -hmm. out, you have to go to a train and you have to cross a border. And when you reach the border, the guy on the border just gives you a mean eye. And your character is like, please, please just let us through. <laughs> and the guy's like, you know what? Yeah, sure. Because you have falsified passports. The passports you got are not real. So the guy working the booth uh -huh. probably knows that the passports you have are not, like, legit. But he's looking at a family, right. and he's like, oh, f you know, Making that decision in his head, yeah. Yeah, he's like, ah, oh, screw it, come on, pass through, you know. If I send you back to your country, mm -hmm. you're going to get killed. So, right. um, yeah, it just goes to show that um, fascism wants you to disengage from actually seeing people as other people. As and people, yeah, mm -hmm. and to a next extent also, fascism de definitely wants you to disengage from experiencing art on that level. Yes, right, because it does. They like you see that mm -hmm. a lot with a lot of games where people are talking about like, oh, the the woke liberal media <laughs> are adding too many, uh, you know, which stuff. Is 
what's assigned to everything now. Like anytime people don't like something, it's because of the woke liberal media. It's exactly. my favorite thing ever. And and, and it's it's funny because like the, these sorts of arguments always come up because they're adding something to the game that makes you try to engage with the game in a more humane way, right? It's like, right. for example, they add uh, a female protagonist or they add a character who is of color. Uh, and and they're, 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 it's always like, you know, people are like, oh, this makes me uncomfortable because, you know, like... It, you, it, it it's getting too to political. Like well, yeah, but I mean, yeah. <laughs> without using buzzwords, I think what they're trying to say <laughs> is... Um, it didn't used to be like this. I didn't used to have to see mm-hmm. people uh, who are not like me in the media. And this makes me uncomfortable. Therefore, I want some sort of art that does not challenge me. It does not make me think. It does not make me feel. It's just an escape from reality where I can have fun. And it's... Uh, it One, it's very telling what they consider fun. <laughs> you know? Like just being oh, approached... Yeah by someone who's different is already, you know, you know, restraining the their idea of fun. But I think more importantly is just that it definitely goes to show that um, these people that hate these sort of representation, they, they definitely want people to uh, not uh, like feel art and live art in as a, something that connects around the world because it's like there are women in the world. There are people of color in the world. There are queer people in the world. Right. This is not new. This is not something like, you know, mind explosive. It's just that we're starting to add representation of it now, but people act like it's like something horrible, much like I think, or I would assume people would, um, in, in these in-game universes would, uh, rather assume that it's just like, you know, it's just, it's just numbers. It's just straight numbers. It's like, it's binary. It's right. like, it's either this or not, and if it's not, then it's not good. Therefore, go away. I do not want to engage with it. It's wrong. The government does not approve of it. The board of committee does not approve <laughs> of this. Therefore, I cannot enjoy it. So go away. I mean, a perfect example of that, too, and the kind of crowds that react that way to like these real-world situations, a perfect example is if you look on Twitter, I believe it's... Isn't there a new Doom game coming out? Doom, I think... There's a new GTA game coming out. People are giving a lot of crap because that's that's another yeah. one. But the Doom one really stuck with me because I distinctly remember reading the tweet and the guy said, "Oh, so now we're just okay with killing Nazis?" I can't believe what the woke <laughs> liberal media is putting in our faces yeah. now. And I was like, "Have that's, you not played yeah. the other thirteen games in this franchise?" That's the Wolfenstein because game. That yeah, is yeah, yeah, all yeah. it has ever been. Yes, Wolfenstein. I was just yeah. like, "Are you?" I remember playing this on a DOS computer. It has always been about killing Nazis. Like, where yeah. are these? guys coming from (laughs) i think i think it's really funny because it's it just again it's just like people are starting to engage with art on a level that they're not comfortable with because it's not just i think video games just turn their brains off exactly video games have evolved into a medium that requires actual critical thinking right so you have uh for example wolfenstein is a great example where like wolfenstein the first uh you know couple of games of wolfenstein yeah, you're killing Nazis, but Nazis are just surrogate for bad guy, right? You're just going there and shooting yeah. Nazis. Like, who cares? It's just Nazis. There's just Nazis are bad guys, so you kill them. Um, mm-hmm. But then, as you go and play uh, the newer Wolfensteins uh, that have been uh, produced by Bethesda or published by Bethesda, um, they're not. You're not just killing Nazis. 
you're constantly making fun of them. You're you're making satire of them. You're like really showcasing how absolutely horrible human beings are the Nazis, and also mm-hmm. showcasing the type of people who would fight against the Nazis because you're part of your resistance group are mostly minorities. You know, like you know, women and just people who would obviously be in a very dire straits because right. of Nazis. So because right. the art form is evolving. Uh, it requires a little bit more critical thinking, and people are like, "Well, I just want to shoot things," but now you're making fun right. of the guys I'm shooting at, and you're implying that they're worse than people. And it's like, yes, but it's because the art form is evolving, so it allows the creators to actually put more thought into how they represent the game. It's almost like how movies went from being silent, and then when they had uh, sound, it had a lot dialogue, mm-hmm. like a lot more dialogue. Because it's like, oh, the media evolved, so therefore now I can do so much more with it. And then they added color, and then you're like, oh my god, I can do so many more things now that I have color. And then they added CG, and it's like, oh my god, I can do so many more things. And same thing with, with games. It's like, oh, now consumers are smart and literate in media enough that we can actually add these sorts of you know jokes. You know, like For example, one of my favorite jokes in Wolfenstein, uh, The Old Order, I think, is where there <laughs> there there's a plot to kill Hitler, and you go up to his mansion because it's like an alternate reality world where the Nazis won. So you go up to his mansion, and Hitler is just like this unhinged old guy who just shoots people on a whim <laughs> for no reason, and he pisses his pants because he's like 95 years old, and but he doesn't want to wear like like you know he doesn't he doesn't want to wear a catheter because he's like the great Aryan race or whatever the fuck. <laughs> So it's just like just completely unhinged and, and like awful, and the joke, of course, is is that he, this is the master race. This is the guy who's in charge of it all, and he's like a complete lunatic. Um, but it takes, uh-huh. I think, someone who is not media savvy enough might look at that and not realize that that is the joke and just take it as like a a, a fact. Well, and the other thing is, our we're in such a pressure cooker when it comes to, you know, uh, right versus left right now. And I think that when people make those particular arguments in bad faith, they're forgetting that as a world, we collectively decided over 50 years ago that the Nazis just weren't good people. (laughs) And that's why they became kind of the punching bag. And I mean, rightfully so. I mean, it was a horrendous period of time, like for the world. But now because people have become so politically charged, there are people who are identifying with that ideology and it's like, no, we already made this decision. You can't come back now and say that you think these are okay guys. Like, this is way past. We're we're out of that. Like, stop. Yeah, you know what? I've always been a fan of keeping in, like, I'm, I'm an open door policy type of person. Like, I'm always open mm-hmm. to kind of revision things and think about them differently. But it's like, it's going to take a truckload, more than a truckload, maybe like, you know, a bus space load of evidence and facts to kind of switch me around on the idea that Nazis maybe weren't bad people. And I think that's like the, <laughs> the consensus of the world in general as well. It's like, uh, yeah. yeah, I try to keep an open mind, but there's just no way <laughs> this is going to be undone. There's some things I you don't, don't need an open mind for, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I that decision was already mind, made for us. We don't have to worry about it. <laughs> it's like I keep an open mind about the fact that maybe the theory of gravity is wrong, you know? It's like, maybe it is. Maybe it is, you know, but 
uh, it's gonna take a lot to change that. <laughs> it's gonna take way too much, and yeah. I don't think it's possible, but maybe. But I, I doubt it. I really doubt it. But it's funny you talk about it being uh, politically charged, or like you know, it's just a, the current situation we're in right now in the world. Because uh, much to my surprise, uh, we're gonna go back right on topic and talk about Road 96 and not Wolfenstein. Yes, this that is... had a lot of this. <laughs> this podcast is about Road 96 and not Wolfenstein. But yes, Road 96 is incredibly, incredibly politically charged. It is a political game from, you know, like start Extremely, to, yes. to the very end. Um, I don't know if the starting experience is changed by each player. Like, I don't know if you had a different start than yes. I did. Um, I don't know about different start, but they do. you do get a different start after you finish your first yeah. complete game. So yeah. I, I'm not entirely sure. So the game started for me uh, on the van where you're just... Uh, you're just uh, pretty much on, on, or on a bus. You're in a, like a mini bus. And the, there's a cop... Um, there's a cop escorting uh, a teenage prisoner. Um, who, like, okay. You know. So I did get a different start, and then I got that scenario later on in the game. Oh, okay. Okay. So they, they are different, like, start. Because I got that. Yes. And, and the game starts with such, a, like, a peppy, like, indie soundtrack about, you know, like, the road is my home. Oh, and, yeah. And, and I'm so happy. Very deceptive. Yeah. And, and it seemed like, it seemed to me like it was going to be a very happy-go-look. It, it kind of... Not happy-go-lucky, but at least um, lighter toned. It kind of reminded me of Firewatch uh, for anyone that has played that. It's yes. just like like a, a lighter tone, like just you know, kind of reflective kind of game. And much to my <laughs> surprise, like that this whole session is just insane. Because so to set the scene, you're in a, a very cramped minibus uh, going somewhere, and you're just uh, you're sharing this uh, this bus with. Um, uh, a dude who's currently asleep, uh, a cop who's escorting uh, a prisoner. Mm -hmm. Not really a prisoner, it's just a teenager that she uh, apprehended. Um, and uh, the other passengers of the bus, you start having a discussion with the cop because in this world, teenagers are akin to the plague because the the world is in such a, like, uh, oppressive... It's, it's just such an oppressive state that you know like teenagers mm -hmm. are like the voice of change so they're like leading protests they're trying to escape the country they're they're very like they're very much about shaking the foundations of this uh this dictatorship um and uh you know the government does not like that so the the people on the bus start having an argument with the cop uh, this this lady cop about like you know like you're, what you're doing is not right you're just apprehended a teenager for <laughs> no crime other than he was trying to cross the border which is not really a crime mm -hmm. he was just trying to leave but technically it is crime because you know borders are a thing uh even though that sucks right um and you know you you come to that thing where like you can either try to tell people to back down because she's just doing her job she's just a cop she doesn't seem like a bad person inherently but at the same time she mm -hmm. is doing something that is kind of very like you know very unethical very unethical mm -hmm. that's <laughs> that's the fancy word for it <laughs> very unethical um so it gets to a point where like pretty much everyone on the bus is having this argument with her and she keeps talking about how like oh no the idea that we send these teenagers to mine iron uh in the pits where they go to die and never see their families again that's fake news that doesn't happen uh, even though there's like missing mm -hmm. posters of teenagers everywhere in this entire game, 
and people get really upset and uh, the guy who is next to you who was sleeping the whole time, he wakes up and he's like, yo, what the fuck is going on? And he tries to place his hand on the woman's, uh, the police officer's shoulder uh, and she gets spooked and she brings out her pistol <laughs> and starts waving around. Yeah, it, it escalates like quickly. Yeah, Very. And it's like, it's one of those situations where it's like, it's scary how relatable that is if you've ever been in a situation similar yeah. to that. Because yeah, essentially this this police officer this you know like this peace officer is like in a in a very tight <laughs> place away from civilization mm -hmm. in the middle of nowhere with all these people just saying what you're doing is wrong you still have the time to do the right thing just back away and let this kid go but you know you can't do that because you're gonna lose your job if you do and you're just like oh right. i'm gonna flip out my gun and your mother is gonna get shot the moment you try to put your hand on me and it's <laughs> very scary like that was a rude awakening for yeah. me because yeah like the game is so preppy and so happy go lucky when you start it and then it's just like whoa <laughs> this is a lot <laughs> Well, let me tell you about my beginning experience because I had a very different one that mm -hmm. led me to think this game was going to be lighthearted for much longer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I opened up, of course, cute song playing, just like you described, all happy and upbeat. My character uh, opens up in the sidecar of Stan and Mitch's motorcycle. <laughs> Stan and Mitch! Stan and those two, first off, are my favorite characters in yes. this. Like, I just love their chaos energy. They are so much fun every time you interact with them. So having these two goofballs telling me to throw shit at people, yeah, I thought the game was going to be a lot more fun for a lot longer. It, it, it was probably not until maybe my third stop that anything really serious happened. And that was kind of like, oh okay, maybe this is a little bit more, you know, has a little bit more depth than I thought it would at first. So, yeah, very different experiences there with how we came into this. <laughs> yeah, and then it comes to my, my first issue with the game. I don't know if it's an issue. I don't know if you had that issue, but for me, the tone dissonance was a, a thing that kept happening. Was like one moment you're trying to calm down a cop to not shoot everyone because she feels threatened. And then the second one, you're like in the sidecar throwing money at a cop after getting away from a bank robbery with these two goofballs who are like so like they have guns but they don't feel like they're they feel like there's just such like lovely goofballs who like you know who cares and then it's just like so fun yeah. and happy go lucky and then you're like ah ha, ha, this is fun and then you go to like a train or not a train but like a one of those uh, trailer park hotels and you meet this girl and you have oh, a nice God. night out mm -hmm. and you like play the trumpet and it's like really fun. And then you go to a taxi where the taxi driver, uh, you know, says he's going to kill you Jared. if you don't keep quiet. And then you have to run yeah. away for your life. It's like, man, like I'm, ha I'm going from happy go lucky to like, this is serious. Oh my God, I'm going to die kind of levels of panic. <laughs> this yeah. game is no, all I love that though, because Exactly, but that's why I liked it, because it really, for me, after I kind of figured out that that was something that was a recurring theme in this, I it made me that much more excited to get to the next stop, because I was just like, okay, now what bullshit are you throwing at me? Like, it, it was kind of exciting, like, okay, now what, now what? And even now that I've already done a full playthrough and I'm playing a second one, you get these totally different scenarios in these locations you've already visited before and uh, it re-addicted me because I was like, okay, now what's going to happen next? <laughs> I guess it does keep you on your toes, right? Because for me, the main issue is just yeah. that I'm trying to think 
of like what the message is, what the overall arcing idea is, what the themes are. And that's very hard because mm-hmm. like it's all over the place. But at the same time, every right. time you get to a new checkpoint, it's always like you don't know what to expect. You don't know if this is going to be a serious thing and you need to keep your eyes about you or if this is going to be. There's so many scenarios that start as a happy thing and turn incredibly uh-huh. sour. And similarly, there's so many scenarios mm-hmm. that start incredibly sour and you think you're going to die and then it turns to like a happy little go lucky thing. Like I remember the first yeah. time I met uh, the trucker, uh, John, he was yelling at a like a payphone. Uh, about something like you know he's yelling like you're just mm-hmm. a kid don't you dare do it and then I brushed up against it and he's like what the fuck are you looking at move on and he like, <laughs> pushes you away and then like if you try to approach him he literally is like you you keep pushing me you keep looking at me I'm gonna do something I'm not happy about and I'm like oh god I'm gonna die aren't I I'm, I'm definitely gonna die <laughs> and then uh, five <laughs> minutes later you, you grab a burger or whatever and then he just sits down and he's like Hey, come here. And you're like, uh, are you going to kill me? And he's like, nah, nah, come here, sit down. And you sit down. He's like, look, I got angry. There's a lot of stuff going on. I'm really sorry. Let me buy you something for you to eat, something for you to drink. I'm, I'm just sorry. I, I really acted out of line. I'm I'm sorry about that. And you're like, okay. And then he invites you to his truck, and you, you get to talk about his family and stuff, and you get to talk about why you're on the road. And it's, I don't know. It's just, it went from like a hundred like to like very chill very quickly. And similarly, <laughs> when you take like any like checkpoints with Jared, the taxi driver, similarly, uh-huh. you're just you're just at a taxi and you're like just you know just doing small talk, and all of a sudden you hear someone yelling on the on his trunk, <laughs> and you're like, do I mm-hmm. talk about this? I don't talk about this. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you, the game does not the game does not pull punches. You can very much die in this game a lot of times. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> And I had entirely different experiences with those two also almost reversed. My first experience with John, I was in his truck and he was all nice and mellow and like taught me how to make that energy drink. My first first, uh, encounter with Jared, he carjacked me. And I was so angry. I was like, you know what? I know that part of this game is unwrapping these people's stories along the way. But the next time I see this guy, I'm killing him. I don't care. I was so angry that he carjacked me. That's another thing, too, that it's, it's hard to wrap your head around is the fact that you play as a teenager. But not like a, yeah. not like not like a magical teenager, not like a movie teenager. You're just a teenager, you know? Like you're you're mm-hmm. not well developed. You're probably like very wiry and small. Like you really don't have <laughs> a lot of force to do anything. anything at your disposal. Yeah, yeah. That's that's why like a lot of the choices you have to go against cops is like, don't do it. The cops are gonna beat the shit out of you or shoot you. You don't. <laughs> you, right. You're pretty not. Much. You don't have superpowers. <laughs> you don't. There's no way to uh, press circle and quick dodge away from from the bullets the cops are shooting at you. You just die. (laughs) Yeah, which is very different for the types of games we usually Mm -hmm. play. Like, we both like these games where we can collect weapons and, like, find these legendary resistances and armors and this, that, and then to throw the two of us into this game where we can't do anything but talk. Oh, that was a totally different gaming experience. Honestly, I think this is one of the first games that I've played that made me really feel like what it's like to be stopped by a police officer on the road, right? Where Absolutely. It's... Yes. Just as nerve-wracking, just as much tension. Because you just don't have anything, Having to right? rely on your wits. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and that's that's one of the things I remember one of the the girl I met on the trailer park, Zoe, right? She's very like revolutionary yeah. and she's very like gung-ho about being revolutionary. And at some mm-hmm. point when you're like hitchhiking with her, uh, you get into this couple's cars and you get stopped by a police officer. Oh god, yes. <laughs> and the police officer Ugh. is being such a head uh, to a point where he's like, I need mm-hmm. to see your papers. And you're, you know, like, you don't have any papers. So you, you're like, oh, he's going to, you know, bust me. And then the driver who's hitchhiking you is like a super fucking bro. And he's like, you know what, officer? What, what, a, how about we make a donation to the, you know, the, the, the police officers, you know, like coffers? He's like, ah, oh, donation, huh? And, and, and you, I went along with it. I was like, yeah, yeah, I have some cash. You know, like, we can make a donation. It's like, yeah, cash. I did that too. Yeah, sure. We can we can figure something out. And Zoe just starts. Are you really gonna bribe him? You're everything that's wrong with this country. And I'm like, girl, I agree with that you. That pig's but this not is... gonna do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's not gonna do anything. Yeah. I'm like, girl, I agree with you. This is not the moment. But shut the <laughs> fuck up. Yeah. This is... Don't <laughs> we do will stuff. take down the patriarchy later. But right now, yes. shut the fuck up. Because that's, that is such a wild thing. Because in like in games, like I never had this issue. In games like, you know, like, you have a lot of games like Cyberpunk and, you know, like Dragon Age and, and, and Mass mm-hmm. Effect where, like, there or, or Fallout where games where, like, you have this thing where it's like, oh, I can uh, surrender or I can give some of my money away and then these guys will go away, you know? But it's always like, right. well, I have quick save. I have a bunch of ammo stockpiled. If I die, <laughs> I just quick load. Or, you know, like, this would be a great opportunity to test this new flamethrower I just got. So you just, like, I I never met anyone who played any Elder Scrolls games and was like, oh, a bandit, yeah, I'll give him my money so I can go safely, you know? Like, nobody does that because it's it's a video game, so you don't worry about it. Mm -hmm. But in this game, every time a police officer showed up, I was so goddamn nerve-wracked because <laughs> you can't do yeah. anything you know you can't you're uh-huh. just a teenager <laughs> you have no <Yeah>. options <laughs> yeah and the first time that uh i had a character i lost because they passed out that i i did not know what to do with that information i was yep. like I don't have a chance to try and save my like nothing. No. <laughs> There's nothing I can do. No. Nope. Some people make it. Some sure people as hell don't. Wasn't. You didn't pay attention. Right. You didn't. You didn't take care of yourself. That's what happens. And it's like, wow, this yeah. game is, is more Brutal. ruthless than Dark Souls. By <laughs> 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 far, like it doesn't care. I remember oh. one of my first situations, right, um, with Jared, is so Jared uh-huh. is this serial killer in the game, and he's like one of the recurring characters. And I took his taxi because he runs a taxi, right? And he's just being mm. very weird, but it's whatever. And I and I paid twelve dollars to get in this taxi because I was like, I need some sleep. So because my character was getting really tired, so I went in his taxi and I started hearing like noises coming from the the boot, and noises coming from the trunk. And he's like, Oh, did you say something? And I was like, um, No, no, I didn't. And he gets upset, and then he eventually stops his car, and he's like, Listen. I need to check because we have a flat tire. And then when he gets out the car, <laughs> you just look on the, like, the little like divots on the back and you can see there's a man on the trunk. He opens the trunk starts beating the shit <laughs> out of the man. And he have 40 seconds to figure out how to escape. In my mind, I would have been dead, right? Because I died in, mm-hmm. that, in that let's play because I was like, I'm not gonna, if I run, what's gonna happen if I run? dude probably has a gun <laughs> i'm just gonna stay here and nothing <laughs> happened and just hope like you know he doesn't mind and 
turns out he did, and he just shot me when he came back. After really? Because he was like, well, you know too much now. And then he just shoots me. Oh. And that's it. I didn't know that would happen. I ended up running. Yeah, that's the thing. I it was took like, me a long time to make the decision because I was looking around the cab trying to find yeah. an alternative. But nope, I just jumped out and ran. Yeah, because my thought was like, well, if I try to run, he's probably going to shoot me, right? But then it's like, mm-hmm. I guess if you pay enough attention to his storyline, nothing about him makes sense because he's a serial killer. So, you know, it's better to try than not to try at all, I guess, in that scenario. <laughs> it's better to yeah. do something than just sit there and wait for you to die. Well, yeah, and then a lot of the scenarios that they throw you into are like that in the way that it forces you to make a decision one way or the other. Yeah. And, like, there isn't a reload. Whatever decision no. you made, that's what happened. So unless you just want to completely restart from the beginning, and there's no reason for that. I mean, just, just play out your bad decisions and next time make different ones. Yeah. Also, it's like, you know, you you probably will not get the same decision. You won't get the ability mm-hmm. to do the same decision because the you won't get the same scenario until you do a fresh new game. Because the way the game works is that every time you start a new run, it's almost like a rogue. Like every time you start a new run, you have a set amount of encounters you have with these characters until you finish their storylines. And then at mm-hmm. a certain date, the game ends. Just there's a there's an election there's depending on your choices uh, tons of things could happen and then you can do a new game and like try to go for it again with different ideas and different stories uh different decisions Mm -hmm. um but it is uh i would say i have some issues with the way they they handle some choices i do not Mm -hmm. like random base choices those were the worst for me or there's like a there's a seventy five percent chance that you can do this, or there's a thirty percent chance you can oh. do this. Oh, that I is so cheap. I, I just call them the dice roll choices. Yeah, and they're they were really nonsensical. I noticed because I did try a couple of them. In ones where I was really I had a really low uh, pass percentage, I usually passed. Once I had a yeah. really high success one, I usually failed. So I'm not entirely sure how that algorithm is set up, but it's definitely not like a traditional game that uses the dice roll. <laughs> yeah, it feels fudged. Yeah, it feels like the game yeah. will choose whatever it kind of wants for you. Because, yeah, I had plenty of like 90% where it just fails and plenty of 10% where it just constantly it just always succeeds. Um, and I just hated that because it's like uh, for a narrative-driven game, it's like it's not a choice. I, I didn't make the choice to fail, you know? And I guess that's realistic mm-hmm. in that sense, but it's... Like, I didn't make the choice to fail. I had the item. I had the knowledge to do this. Just give me the ending where this succeeds. Because the fail ending is the same as me not doing anything at all. So it's essentially the same ending mm-hmm. as, I, as, as if I chose the wrong answer. Even though I didn't choose anything. Which is the game chose for right. me. Uh, which, again, realistic, yeah. but kind of frustrating. Yeah, for sure. I think my favorite part about this game was how the... Um you slowly unlock the backstories of these, I think it's like six or seven particular characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can get all the way through to the election um, and still have missing uh, yes. information on a couple yeah. of the characters, which is why I started another playthrough because I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get a hundred percent. I'm not a, a trophy person by any means, but <laughs> I kind of just want the stories now because yeah, everyone that fun. you did unlock to the end was super interesting. Yeah. They're fun. They're a good time. I don't think I had, that's the thing. Especially Stan and Mitch. 
especially <laughs> that's the thing <laughs> Mitch are just so weird for me just because of the the tonal difference just because they're like kind of out there the Stan and Mitch are not of the recurring characters in this game they are bank robbers well they're just robbers really uh who dress in goofy outfits wild boys. and they they, mm-hmm. they talk really weirdly they're really not from this game I guess is the best way to put it there they they really are nothing like the rest of any of the characters in the game they really don't fit in this mm-hmm. world but they're all they're, it's they're, their missions are is always a fun time they're they're very fun characters for sure yeah and even the times when they did something fucked up I still ended up laughing because they're just they're that's how their characters are written and it's really they're fun yeah. to interact with <laughs> yeah no, they're, they're, they're definitely fun characters for sure it's just that um, again it's like uh, you wrote 96 actually might be the best game uh, both <laughs> metaphorically and thematically <laughs> to talk about how like it's not about the destination it's about the journey right oh yeah this it's a literal interpretation of that sentiment yeah because I'm, I'm like I beat the game and I'm just sitting here thinking like okay what was the what was the meaning behind of this what was the reason mm-hmm. all this happened what are the themes and I just can't really come up with anything like concrete it's like the the ones I come yeah. about is just like border sucks. Um, the politicians are bad. Uh, police are bad. Yeah. They're very like surface level kind of thoughts, right? So I'm like, this sucks. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, but I had a lot of fun going through the motions and seeing all these characters and getting to know them and doing all the like that. Right. That's the thing. The journey was really fun, even though the destination was a bit lackluster. I'm like, it was just a, such a fun and unique experience still. I, I, I kind of feel like they might have set it up that way intentionally. Maybe. Like, the world is shit, no matter what you do in this game, is kind of the impression that I get. And yeah, you can go back through and make different decisions and see if you can get a different kind of ending. But I think the playthrough, or uh, encouraging you to play through again, is really more about just getting uh, to spend time with these characters and in these procedurally generated events <laughs> in these random locations. Yeah, that is true, because... Um, a major component of this game is its uh, roguelike sort of uh, perspective on its mechanics, mm-hmm. where on certain specific scenarios, which are randomly generated, you, you can't get a specific scenario you want. It's just like the game chooses for you. Um, there's a chance mm-hmm. you get a specific perk, which will change how you play the game entirely. So uh, Steph was talking right. about later or earlier how she met this... Um, trucker guy who taught her how to make this really cool uh, <laughs> this really cool milkshake of uh, ginseng mm-hmm. and coffee um, which that sounds actually, horrific yeah that actually gives you a perk uh, your character is mm-hmm. filled with energy and then it can do a lot of things that require a lot of energy and they get two extra energy bars uh, so they have like more stamina uh, for the rest of the game but this is just not for the character that got that but for your entire subsequent gameplay uh, as you change characters and you reset the game, you're always going to have that perk. So this perk allows you to just like break open lockers. Uh, this perk allows you to just climb over fences. Um, a lot of that stuff mm-hmm. where it's like, I remember in my first playthrough when I didn't have any perks, there were a lot of interesting dialogue options I couldn't take or a lot of interesting side like stories I couldn't uh, really partake in because I didn't have the perk. So now I'm like, maybe I should yeah. play it again because now I have all the perks 
And now that I play through it all again, maybe I'll like uncover more secrets or get to know these characters better. Even though I already beat the game, right. I got an ending that was, I was which is another reason with. I started another playthrough because now I've got all the perks. So it's in these even in scenarios I've been in before, it is opening up these different ways of interacting with them, which I think is cool, but is also like more evidence to pointing to the fact that it's just meant to keep playing the game over and over the ending, yeah. you know, just like you said, it's, it's irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Cause I kind of keep talking it's about just this. playing in the world. Yeah. 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 Which is why I keep talking about how like, you know, Stan and Mitch, the, the duel of goofball robbers don't really fit in this world where like, you know, teenagers are being killed at the borders for trying to escape this totalitarian oppressive country. Like it just doesn't gel really well. Mm -hmm. But even though it doesn't gel really well, all the scenes I had with Stan and Mitch were super fun and I had a blast. So like, oh, this is really fun, but it doesn't fit, but it's still really fun. And uh, yeah, I guess it, it is about yeah. the journey. I think, they're, <laughs> I think they're meant to kind of be a foil to how dark a lot of the other stuff can be. Like, even when you're messing or not messing, when you're in these scenes with like Sonya. She's a really intense character and mm -hmm. she is very clearly made to make fun of, you know, people like uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Brober, like these very conservative, very outspoken uh, people in the United States. If, if anybody isn't in this country, they're just absolutely insane ladies. Yeah. And you can look them up on Twitter and just see it. Uh, just a brief snippet of it. That's who this character is modeled after. And, you know, some of her scenes do get really, really dark, especially as you get to know her. Yeah. So having characters like Stan and Mitch come along at these intermittent scenes kind of, I, I think it keeps you engaged with the game in the way that you're like, okay, it's not all bad. Like there's going to be times I can look out at something and still have fun with it. Yeah. For Yeah. No, I, I get that. I guess you're right. It it because otherwise, if the game was nothing but sadness, I think I probably would have burned down on it and not been able to finish it quite as quickly as I did. Exactly. Because there's a lot of sad yeah. stuff for sure. Because uh, I, I my mind just keeps going back to the fact that every time I play this, um, you know, full disclosure, uh, staff talked to me about this game about I don't know four or five days ago. And you're like, you should play this, and I was like, oh yeah, this is on my gigantic to-do list of games <laughs> that I need to play through. Uh, but we should do an episode on it. And, uh, and I I just played the entire game over a night. Over like, you know, it's, it's a relatively yeah. short game. Like, I, I, I beat the game. Uh, still missing some interactions, some scenes, I'm sure. Um, mm -hmm. But I beat the game in like nine hours. Like nine, ten hours. I, I went through it. Um, but it was still such an amazing experience. I think the game is $20 on retail, but it's on Game Pass. And I think it's definitely worth a purchase because um, there's really nothing quite like it, I don't think. I, I, like, I haven't played a game that really kind of captured this like journey kind of feeling. Like It really feels like you're on a journey, even though you're coming across these characters yeah. that are like these recurring characters. It's almost like these characters, as unique and fun they are, they are almost like archetypes for people that you know you probably met before oh yeah 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 for sure and i had the same experience when i played it and that was one of the reasons i wanted you to play it because it, i had it, the same thing as soon as i started i just couldn't i couldn't stop i didn't want to put it down and i haven't had that experience with a game in a really long time now which yeah. going back to us playing the same games over and over again that's why <laughs> nothing has made me excited in a long time but this one just it, it drew me right in yeah 
I mean, have you ever been uh, hitchhiking? Oh, God. I was going to say, oh, God, no. But then I remembered one time I was because my car broke down in the middle of the desert and there was no one, <laughs> nothing there. My, yeah. I didn't even get cell phone reception. So, yeah, I had no choice but to hitchhike. Yeah, there's like I've done some hitchhiking when I was younger and it's like there was really nothing like this game definitely approaches that feeling of like it is a journey in a, in a sense that it's like, you know, like there is a lot of um I guess people are very condescending about people who like, you know, spend their youth like backpacking across Europe or doing like, you know, like a big countrywide travel. But there's really nothing quite like it. And I think this game gets pretty close to kind of like capturing that. Um, just mm-hmm. that just sheer idea of like, you know, like every day is different. Every person you meet is like completely bonkers and crazy in their own way. And it's just like... Uh, it's just something about like getting to meet people in that level is just like it's just so much more authentic and more real you know oh yeah because yeah. it's like you, you get to see yeah the because you're exactly and usually those people are gonna be maybe just a little bit more unguarded around you because they know they're never gonna see you again either so yeah. it is a completely different like getting to know someone and i'll say this for for a game that was made by a french studio this game was the right amount of Americana for me. <laughs> it definitely felt very oh, America-like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, um, it actually, a lot of parts reminded me of the very desert I was talking about. <laughs> There's <laughs> a lot of scenery. I was like, yep, been here before. <laughs> <laughs> very Texas-like. <laughs> yep, West Texas when I was uh, out there. Which is uh, fun because the, 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 the development group for this is like as French as French gets. <laughs> how they get around. <laughs> They're on a Riviera as a going somewhere going how can we make this look as bad as possible Uh aha west texas maybe (laughs) maybe some of the the creative leads probably when like they they probably did like some some backpacking trips on america or something and they they kind of got the gist of it yeah more than likely (laughs) um but yeah it's definitely worth a play and it's like such a fun game um and i think I, i what i think i enjoyed about it the most is just like how the characters are so relatable in a sense that doesn't feel like the, the developers don't want you to kind of relate to them because I'll, I'll tell you for real at the end of the game I didn't really like Sonya and I didn't like Stan and Mitch they're like bad people mm-hmm. you know like even Jared oh yeah um, they're, they're just bad yeah. people um, the game doesn't want you to think they're good people but you mm-hmm. still like kind of realize it just wants you to understand them exactly they kind of want you to realize that it's like we're all like byproducts of our own like lives and journeys that we made along the way. People are complicated. No one is like fully good and no one is fully evil. Like even Stan and Mitch are like Stan and Mitch are like a band of robbers who are like like really like, you know, chaotic people who like just rob and, you know, torture indiscriminately. But even they they have like, you mm-hmm. know, their their moral codes. They <laughs> they try to help you if they yeah. think do you need help. It's just uh I don't know. It's just like, yeah, people are complicated and, and deaf. Because, like I said, um, for me, the game opened with um, this officer, like, pointing a gun at everyone. And, you know. In a being, really intense scenario. A really intense scenario. And I was like, wow, mm. fuck that cop. Cops suck. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, like, five or six You get to know her, too. Yeah, five, six interactions. Because she's talking about how, like, things are fake news. And, and you know, like, you know, like, mm-hmm. not all cops are bad. Because, you know, like, it's just 
it's like any other job and you know like oh you know like one bad apple and like all that kind of stuff it's like oh man fuck this woman <laughs> she seems exactly she seems horrible <laughs> but then you know like five or six interactions down you're just like man like i remember i was talking to you about this i can't feel angry at her i just i just feel sorry like she's just such a you know like she's she's trying her best it's just this is her lashing out at the world because you know like she's has a lot going on in her life right now like her son her adopted mm-hmm. son ran away uh the the man she she thought she loved uh stood her up and she doesn't have any control mm-hmm. of her life and she's like oh man everything sucks and this is like her way of lashing out at the world and it's like doesn't it doesn't make what she does any better but you understand her mm-hmm. you know and you kind of realize it's like yeah it's like the world is complicated <laughs> and like yeah requires a I think that's hand. kind of the point that they're yeah I think that's the point they're trying to get to and at times they do it in a kind of clunky way but in the end that's I think what you're supposed to realize is even if you don't like these people or what they're doing it is important to understand why so that you can start to kind of humanize yeah. all these different people you've been interacting with and I mean, it's the way that they do it is fun. There are some things that I wish had been a little bit more clear in the beginning, just because you walk in with a lot of assumptions. But mm-hmm. I mean, it it was a super fun game, and like I said, I'm doing another playthrough. I'll probably do another one after that, just until it keep, <laughs> until it starts to get repetitive. But um, yeah, I I would definitely recommend this to someone who wants to be emotionally dragged for a while. <laughs> and I think it did point out uh, a very good. Uh, turn of phrase there because it's like it, they definitely want to humanize these people because as we were talking about earlier um, if you know like all these uh, facets of fascism wants to dehumanize people they're mean they're mm-hmm. bad people they're awful people but you never really take into account to look at why are they bad why are they doing the bad things and you know like because um, even like I said you don't have to like them you don't have to agree them you mm-hmm. have to have this notion that these are still people and even if you can't right. forgive them you still need to understand what went wrong so you kind of prevent that from happening to yourself or to other people and this this is a thing that you know like this type of of uh, introspection this type of understanding of empathy is a thing that fascism really hates right yeah and i think that that's that's another really fun part of the game is that when you put all those things together you start to see that there is a lot of brilliance with the way that this game is done and that's one of the aspects of it if you play it passively and don't care about your choices you're feeding right into the world that they are creating if mm-hmm. you make the choice to buck the trend and try to understand then you're already making that world a better place and it's just it's a way to really push that message without being heavy-handed about it which i think is a mistake a lot of games make yeah i mean there's definitely a lot of games that try really hard to do satire and fail really horribly um like you know Saints Row mm-hmm. 4 uh and then you have games that <laughs> do really good satire but it, the the fact that their satire was just so like surface level doesn't really mean anything like GTA 5 deep as a um, puddle yeah. yeah this is like you know make fun of how politicians are corrupt hooray i guess you've broken the code yeah um, anybody can do that <laughs> yeah it's, it's very surface <laughs> and then you have games like these that are kind of like um you know they they just they're like hey 
people are com people are complex. No one is right wing or left wing. No one is liberal or fascist. People are those yeah. are like facets of a person. A person is made of many mm -hmm. facets, and and why they choose to go that route is like complete with thousands and thousands of explanations and backstory and life story and experiences, mm -hmm. and that for me is like. That's why for me it felt like such a, a unique kind of experience. Um, I don't think there's quite yeah. anything like it. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, just like we were talking about before, there are several games that could fit into this genre. Yeah. Um, but they they don't allow you as much interaction with the world or individual motivations. Um, and I think that's what I liked the most about this one. I, I might not be correct. I might be missing something, but it, to me, that's kind of how it felt. I, I felt like I had more freedom in this world to try and understand people's motivations than I did in the other games we talked about. Yeah, because, well, that's the thing. I think that's what this game really wants, right? Whereas games like mm -hmm. Mind Scanners and Papers, Please and, you know, even Death and Taxes, it's, it's, it's the opposite, right? The game starts you mm -hmm. as a machine and tries to force you to humanize people despite your best interest. It's in your best interest to not humanize people so you can get through your tasks right. and, and get you know through the day and make the most money. Whereas this game mm. takes the opposite approach where it's like you start with a want to humanize these people. You want to know them. You want to know more about them. And in knowing more about them, usually the game rewards you by you know giving you like mechanical benefits such as like if you sit with the biker guy or the trucker guy who almost threatened to kill you, he'll give you a free burger, you know, like that kind right. of thing where it's like, okay, mm -hmm. you know, maybe trusting these people and, and trying to understand where they're coming from. It's, it's more helpful. Whereas, uh, like, yeah, those other games, they start you on the opposite end where they're like, they, they really like you, you <laughs> trying to humanize them is like you going against the wishes of the game, quote unquote. Whereas this game is like right. the game wants you so hard to humanize these people, the others are really the exactly. others are more they're more like they're trying to dangle a carrot in front of you and say like, huh, humanize them? I dare you. See how this is gonna absolutely screw your gameplay? Come on, try to humanize them. See? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I think you nailed it right there. <laughs> it makes yeah. you scared to take that risk because you can't absolutely blow yeah. hours and hours of progress in something. And this game is just like, well. I mean, it might make a difference, but you're not going to find out till the end. So make your choice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and even then it's like uh, the, uh, and the moment to moment gameplay is just like getting to know these people. It's like the worst that could happen is that they say no, you know, um, right. which, I, which I guess yeah. is like the hard part is realizing when it's correct to try to know people. Like if you're talking to a serial yeah. killer who is unhinged, maybe you shouldn't try to get to know him. Because you'll probably shoot you. Right. <laughs> that is a no-no. <laughs> Similarly, if a couple of bank robbers sit on your car and tell you to drive, this is not the time to be asking, who are you guys? What are you doing? What's your life story? You just drive. Otherwise, they're going to shoot right. you in the face. Yep, absolutely. And But there all are also interactions in there where you can outright disagree with certain characters, and it doesn't affect their opinion of you. It's literally no. just having a discussion about whatever event it is. And to me, that's super fun. I kind of wish more games had that where you could, where every social interaction didn't have stakes. 
just kind of dialogue for the sake of dialogue. <laughs> yeah, a lot of games do that, but they do it in a very like haphazard way, which I always disliked. Uh, Fallout 4 does that a lot, where there's you get like four dialogue choices that don't mean anything and always return to the same like dialogue mm-hmm. tree line, which it's always like, you know, eh. Because in this game, they, they at least do the common <laughs> courtesy of like, oh, whatever you pick, there's like multiple dialogue lines from what you pick. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't really add into anything, mm-hmm. but it's all still dialogue. It, like they acknowledge that you made a choice in, in how to regard things, which, um, and, 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 and to add to that, like I said, there's a lot of interactivity. It's like, um, you can choose how you travel, which is a form of interactivity. You know, like you can take the bus, mm-hmm. you can hitchhike, you can try to steal the keys for a car. Like all of these stuff inform how you want to play your character. Because I remember I really got into role playing because uh, I think the second time, uh, the second run I had was with a kid who was last seen stealing a car. So by that moment, the kid was stealing a car. They had no energy left. They had two bars of energy, which is barely anything because everything yep. costs like two energy in this game. Uh, and they mm-hmm. had three dollars. So the moment I picked that teenager to play as, I was like, "This kid is in a rough position. Like this kid is right. gonna s- steal everything. Is gonna lie through his teeth to get things like to to to, to survive. You know, like so. I was like, very mm-hmm. much like, I'm gonna steal everything. I'm gonna do whatever I can to just survive and get through. And sure enough, like." I think I managed to get the freedom of that teenager with like one bar of energy and zero dollars because I was like really like stretching it what was possible. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and then I played with another character where I was like it started with eight bars of energy, uh, $30 and was in a bus. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not going to steal with this character. This character is only going to take buses. She's not going to hitchhike because she has the money to take a bus. So she's only going to take bus. She's not mm-hmm. going to hitchhike. So these types of interactions definitely do uh, give the player... Um, uh, I'm sure there's a fancy word for it, but I just can't think of it. It's just like it makes you feel like you're you're, you're actually doing your own choices, you know? It doesn't feel like the game is kind of like just trotting you along. It gives you, like, agency? Agency. There you go. Yeah. Or at least the illusions of agency, right? Because that's the thing I, I, I struggle a It's always a lot the illusion. <laughs> Yeah, I was struggling a lot because that's why I was playing the game. It's like, if you just walk along the road, that takes three bars of health. If you take a bus, it takes two bars of health. And if you take a taxi, it takes one bar of health. Uh, but of course, each of these options is more expensive than the the, the second one. Um, whereas like the bus costs $7, the taxi costs 12 and hitchhiking and walking is free, but they cost a lot of energy. But it got to a point for mm-hmm. me, it was like, why would I not hitchhike? Because Hitchhike costs two energy and gets me further along the line to get closer to the ending. Um, whereas walking takes three energy and doesn't move me right. a lot. And I'm just like, why would you do that? But the fact that you have <laughs> the choice to do that gives me agency because I'm like, oh, I'm choosing not to do it. But I could have done it, right. but I don't. But just having that little yeah. choice is just like... It just means the world to kind of like make you feel like you're you're actually have an input to the world, even like stealing stuff as well. Is like there's a lot of times where you can steal money and you steal like food from other people, and I don't think it affects anything mm-hmm. in the story, not really. But it's one of those things that is like, do I want to be stealing from people? You know, like I went to a point where I was like, I was yeah. just stealing from characters who are really shitty <laughs> to me, you know. Like, people were, like, bad or to me. I was, like, uh, I, I just stole from them. People were nice. I didn't steal from them. 
Um, I remember one of my favorite yeah. memories was just uh, when I was in the truck with the with the trucker guy, John. Uh, I saw his mm-hmm. he had like a his um, little safe was open. There's a ton of money inside. Yeah. But I had the option to ask for money or steal money. And I chose to ask for money. And mm-hmm. it was like, oh, yeah, you can take like, you know, 20 bucks. And I'm like, I don't know if I could have just stolen that. But I don't think I want to have stolen from him. He's like such a nice guy. <laughs> like, I don't want to steal his money. Yeah. I chose not to also. And it was fairly towards the beginning of my first playthrough. So I didn't have like the dialogue ability to ask him for money yet. Mm-hmm. Um I think I would if I'd played now, but at the time I was just like, you know what, this guy's given me a ride. He hasn't been <laughs> to me aside from like falling asleep in his chair. Um, other <laughs> yeah. than that, like, there's no reason for me just to wipe his safe out. And on top of that, I was like, okay, this is early in the game. I'll come across him again later. And do I really want to have made an enemy like three scenarios into this? <laughs> for me, it was less of just wanting to make an enemy or not. I was just like, this guy doesn't deserve this. <laughs> He's probably on his own problems, you know? Like, he, he doesn't right, need right. this in his life. Because I remember, it's like, you know, if I had my money stolen from me for no reason, for doing a good deed, you know? Like, oh, man, that'd be, that would be the worst, right? Imagine you do a good deed to someone and then they steal your money. That's that's bad. I don't want, I don't want that for him. Yeah, me either. And, and you don't know, like, what is happening in this game yet when that happens. So yeah. it's... For all you know, you steal that money and he becomes like a trucker that mows down every teenage hitchhiker he sees. Yeah. Then you've screwed yourself for the rest of the time you play. Like, you have no way of knowing what is going to happen. Mechanic and setback. Yeah. 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 For me, just making him sad would be enough. If he was just so sad that his money got stolen and he had to do an extra run to to make up the loss, I'd be like, oh man, shouldn't have taken that money. And of course, my brain goes to the most psychotic scenario, and you're just like, no, that would make me feel bad if he was sad. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember a Tumblr post that, that made me laugh, where it was just like the person uh, was like an anonymous asker on someone's page and was like, if there's no consequences for doing bad things, why do you make yourself a hero in every story? And the guy's answer was just like, because doing mean things make me feel bad. <laughs> and that's me. It's just like, that's, I just, I just yeah, me do too. mean things. <laughs> it's not that there's a mechanical like disadvantage or anything, it's just that. That's such a move, you know? I don't want to do that. I actually remember one of my favorite uh, little things with Alex is when you start hacking, like, the the back door of a place to steal the money, and then you steal all the money, Mm -hmm. and you're hiding, and then the guy comes check, and he's like, oh, someone stole all the money. Who is here? And then Alex just bolts it for the door, leaves you alone, and the guy, and you're like, you have, like, all the options to to reason with the guy. He's like, please don't call the police. Like, I'm sorry. (laughs) And the guy's just like, listen, kid, it's just give what you stole back and just get out of here. Come on. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, that guy was so nice. Why would I steal from him? <laughs> Any other person that I met in this game would have just called the police or shot me. Like, I shouldn't have stolen right. from that guy on principle because that guy is so nice. Like, who else would have just done that? <laughs> um, another thing I really enjoy in this game is the ability to call your parents. I don't know if you ever did that because it does cost like a dollar to I call never your did, parents. No. But it's always so nice because, like, every time you call your parents, is always, like, each character you have, you can call your parents once. And all of them have, like, mm-hmm. unique dialogue. Or at least for the six runs I had, all of them had unique dialogue. And it's really fun because all the parents are super supportive. <laughs> so it's always... Really? Uh, That's hilarious. Like, I remember I, I called uh, I called uh, the parents once and they were like, uh, you call them, like, uh, your dad picks up and he's like, Hello? 
and you're like hey dad it's me and the guy's like oh lisa yeah lisa uh i don't need you to come in today and you're like and you respond like right lisa who, who is lisa and he's like no no you don't need to come today as a matter of fact you don't need to come for the whole week we're kind of tied up so uh uh yeah just don't 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 show up okay and you're like dad what are you talking about and then you hear a police officer from the the phone and it's like it is her it isn't lisa right and then your dad is like run sweetie i know you'll make it go 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 <laughs> and he just shoots <laughs> <up> the phone <laughs> like, <"Yeah>, man <laughs> what oh, man. a mess man i would be a wreck after that oh man i appreciate it so much though because like well, dad knows stitches snitches get stitches <laughs> <laughs> that was just, see that i'm was, glad i never called my parents <laughs> that that was like uh, until the very second he was like rooting for you i was like man that's so nice and there's another one that was really nice <laughs> too called and your um, like the character's mother picked up and she's like well you know you can come back at any time right and your character's like i know but i have to do this and she's like well i still love you and i hope you find whatever you're searching for it's like oh that's so sweet <laughs> it's very nice lovely yeah, and like all of them are super great. And again, it's one of those things that is like you have to pay a dollar to do it and you need to find a phone booth. And those are not common things, but you have to go out of your way and it doesn't really add or subtract anything mechanically from the game. I guess it subtracts because you you know, you lose one dollar. Um uh-huh. but it's um it's like so nice in that sense of like it adds this idea that I'm like I'm really playing a character because there are very times as a character that I'm like, I'm not going to call my family, <laughs> you know, like I just got to, like, I, I just, I just got into a horrible like car accident from trying to like escape the police. And, you know, like I've almost been killed by a serial killer. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not in emotional headspace to call my family right now. But then I called them later. Yeah. Like a couple of like happy go lucky, like things happen. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll call my parents, you know, again, the illusion of choice. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can, do, I can call my mom if I want yeah exactly that's exactly (laughs) like so many like small little stuff like that i remember there's like this one thing where like you can take i think it was a toy from a kid and i didn't know why like i didn't know i'm sure there was probably like if i if i screwed up some sort of encounter in that same scenario earlier i would have needed the toy for something but it was just an option Mm -hmm. i had now to pick up a toy from the floor that was next to this kid that was sleeping and i could have just held on to that toy and i did not know uh-huh. the significance of it but i was like i'm right. not gonna steal this toy you know like but it just felt so weird that i i could take this toy so it's like one of those mm-hmm. things where it's like mechanically speaking it's like does this game is it is it like one of those point and click adventure games where i have to pick up everything i come across because i might come in handy at some point like i don't know uh-huh. but I, I just didn't want to steal from this kid so so i ended up not and like it's just those tiny little things that really kind of, I think, is missing from like games like Death and Taxes and Mind Scanners and and even Papers Please because it's like, it everything in those games is very purely mechanical, where like you know right anything you do is gonna have has like a purpose. A, everything has a purpose and everything is gonna have like mm-hmm. all the choices have a purpose. All the choices is gonna affect very heavily your outcome. So you don't. It always it it, it never kind of stops reminding you it's a video game where this one is very right. easy to to, to just kind of like get yourself immersed just because there's so many things that are like 
like that was like you know some someone offers you a drink do you drink it or do you don't are you gonna be suspicious of it or not it doesn't really matter the guy just right. offered you a drink there's nothing to it it's just, it's just a free drink mm-hmm. but right. you, you don't know <laughs> you don't know if there's mechanics involved <laughs> or not you don't know if it, this is a part of the game or not you just kind of have to take it like as at face value as like oh this is a real interaction that's really happening in real life right and there are a lot of things that like that the toy was a kid if you don't for whatever reason like look any further into a scenario you probably won't find the reason for some things that you find but the more into the game you get the more that you're willing to kind of explore around these little areas you'll find little like i don't know maybe you'll find one of those collector's tapes or you'll find some extra cash but then also sometimes you'll just find some random cool shit that you can do that you not only wouldn't have found if you hadn't explored but wouldn't have found the means to solve the puzzle if you hadn't picked up certain items along the way um but that starts to open up i've noticed more the longer you play yeah a hundred percent because um you just have to keep your eye open and kind of just really take in mm-hmm. all this experience as it's kind of coming at you. Um, like I find it very interesting because of how, uh, I guess, um, like branching this game is. Uh, I try to uh-huh. find multiple times uh, what the effect of my choices were and I couldn't find a single place mm-hmm. that told them just because I don't think anybody had really had the time to go through with like a you know fine you know calm and really try to figure out like the ramifications yeah. of your choices but that kind of makes it better for me in a way because i don't know it kind of adds this this weird mystique about it where like i know that i didn't have the same experience you did and i know i won't have the same experience playing like the second time and that kind of makes it even if uh-huh. i never play it again that adds a certain like mystique to it where like it definitely feels like a personal experience yeah yeah, definitely. Which is, um, you know, uh, very different from um, the other game I wanted to talk about, which is Mind Scanners. Um, which is, uh, as we're talking about games like Papers, Please, and Death and Taxes, Mind Scanners is very much in that like kind of, kind of, uh, you know, place. Whereas uh, Mind Scanners is probably yeah. more taxing, because the mini games in Mind Scanners are rough. <laughs> They're very difficult. <laughs> Well, that game is exhausting. It's, I mean, I, I yeah. could only play it in short bursts because I it not only was my brain working overtime, but the annoyance when you can't get past something because of that time limit, I, I had to just take so many breaks playing this. Yeah, that game wants you to suffer. That game wants you to suffer so hard. It does. Hard. Um, yeah. And you was, will. You will. And I was talking about like how... Um, these games want you to to humanize people, but these other games in the same like kind of line, they want you to not humanize them, and you humanize them against the narrator of the game, so to speak, right? Or like, um, right? The, the game, the game defies you to break its systems. So this game is no different. Yeah. Where it's like, if you take the easy route, and you you just treat everyone like machines, and you as a psychiatrist and mind scanners, uh, you just you know, absolutely destroy their minds with, um, like, just prescribing crazy amounts of medicine just to keep them, keep them in check and keep them from uh, from being too much of a nuisance to our dystopian society. You get paid, you get your money, and you're closer mm-hmm. to completing your objective, and that's it. Um, but the thing is, is while you do that, there's always that little, you know, inkling in your mind that maybe there's a better way to do things. 
maybe, mm-hmm. just maybe, you could do things right and actually treat these people the way they deserve to be treated. And But doing that right. is really hard because the game is really hard. <laughs> the the, the mini-games you need to do... The game is, is an app. Really difficult. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Very much. It's, it's incredibly difficult. Um, to know, like, it's... It's definitely like if you played Death and Taxes or Papers, Please, and you thought those games were too easy, um, Mind Scanner is probably going to be right in your alley because I really do like the presentation and the overall lore and world building. So the idea is that um, you live in a in a in a city that is essentially kind of like uh, sheltered from the rest of the world. It's like completely post-apocalyptic, and the rest of the the world is just like a, a wasteland. But in the city, everything is perfect. And it's perfect because uh, dystopian society reasons. And they figure it out. They right. figure out how to get things done. So um, the problem with that is that, of course, dystopian society naturally means you know very oppressive dictatorship. Naturally means resistance people who do not agree with everything. And you're a psychiatrist whose uh, daughter has been um, kidnapped by the by the government. Uh, you don't know why, but you know she's been kidnapped. Um, you have this gut feeling about it. Um, but you know that the only way to get access to your daughter is by climbing up the ranks of the psychiatrists of this world, the mind scanners. That way you have you know top access so you can actually go and save her. Uh, the problem being is that for you to get top access, you need to climb through the ladder. And by doing so, you need to actually complete missions. Well, in this case, is you get assignments of different people with different issues. And you have to um, treat them. Um, simple right Mm -hmm. the problem being is that you know uh, (laughs) the way we see uh, mental disorders and mental illnesses in general and neurodivergence (laughs) in general is um, is a very uh, linear one in our lives um, and especially in this Mm -hmm. world so there are problems to be fixed um, but the game really wants you to kind of approach this as are they problems to be fixed or are they just right society that that's just how eccentric life is. people yeah they're, they're just mm-hmm. how life is for some people um one of my favorite clients you have in uh or one of the i guess the, the first ones you have that really kind of break this mode is this one uh factory worker who is schizophrenic and he has this uh vision this image of this little guy that follows him along and this little guy cheers him up and tells him <laughs> jokes. And uh-huh. naturally, I was like, I'm a psychiatrist. This is an issue. So I plug all my machinery onto his head and I started fixing him. And when I fixed him, he was really sad. He really liked the little guy. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing else in his life going on. He lives by himself. He works at a factory from day until night. He doesn't have a significant uh, like other. He's just... That's it. That's his life. And he is right. fixed now. Now he is fixed, but uh, you get a message from his mother asking, was him having imaginary friends ever an issue? Was that ever a problem? Did that ever cause any problems in his life or the life of others? Sure, it might have seemed a little weird, but never hurt anyone, never did anything bad. And now he is... Uh, He's lesser for it. And that really made me like really start thinking about these sorts of issues in a different light because I've met a lot of people. Because you like just that. got gut punched. 
Mm-hmm. Kind of, yeah. Because I've, I've met a lot, of, a lot of people like that. Like people who have, you know, like ADHD or they're, they're bipolar. Yeah. And But the way they live their lives or the way they have their lives, you know, kind of set for themselves, it, it's not a bad thing, you know? Like, yeah. it, like people it's who have ADHD. It's just from what people expect. Yeah. I mean, it's it's an issue if you have ADHD and you have to do like a job that requires you to focus a lot, right? But imagine if you didn't God, have to focus don't a lot. I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd love that. <laughs> imagine if you have ADHD and your job is, I don't know, something like extremely free form or something that doesn't require a lot of rigidity. Like maybe you're just, you know, mm-hmm. um, you just uh, take care of the house. So all you really need to do is just clean and do laundry or, you know, stuff like that. It's like, what's the problem with having ADHD that, you know? Like, sure, you can't focus, but, right. like, what's the problem with cleaning the kitchen at 3 a.m.? Like, le- legitimately, what's the problem? You know? Yeah. Like, the kitchen's getting cleaned, and you're doing it when you can, like, when you have the capability to. Exactly. It's like, who are you hurting by being like this? So, like, mm-hmm. the mind scanners definitely, like, start approaching, like, a lot of these conversations from these topics where it's, like, um, the the other like the first one you get is this uh, chick who is part of this uh, revolutionary movement for cyborgs in this world. The cyborgs are treated as second-rate citizens, and uh, she's being sent forcibly to uh, mind scanner therapy um, by the government because they think she's unwell. And you could fix her, but isn't she right? She has a lot of rage. Right. She's very angry at the people who treat her kind as second-rate citizens. Is it right to kind of throw a buck out of water on that kind of rage? Isn't she right in being that angry about it? It's mm-hmm. like, is it an issue? It's like, I don't know, man. It's it's complicated questions. Um, but it's it's kind of a shame that all these complicated questions are locked behind some of the hardest puzzle gaming you will ever do in your life (laughs) i i just realized something too and i can't believe i didn't catch it sooner but these games that we're talking about uh road 96 uh papers please and mind scanners so for mind scanners and papers please the difference is you're playing as someone in almost an authoritative role and that's another big difference is road 96 you're just an average citizen trying to get away from this so that's that's a really interesting uh you know way to compare the games yeah because uh like all okay so um i'm thinking like games like these right so there's Mm -hmm. um so you have mind scanners you have papers please you have death and taxes um you have Mm -hmm. i don't know if you ever played not tonight it's a game that's very similar yes i've played that and then um, another one and i don't remember if you ever played it but I remember talking to you about it was uh, Don't Feed the Monkeys. Yes. Yeah, you it's talked to me about very, it. It's a very, yes. And that's one of my favorite games of all time in this genre because you're, I guess you would technically be an authoritarian role, but literally all you're doing is watching people on a camera and reporting about them. And it gives you these opportunities to intervene in these situations if you can put together enough clues to figure out like who and where they are. Yeah. Um, but the point of the game is not to do that, is to literally <laughs> just watch these people 
And it's, it, it, that's another, and sorry for the side tangent, but it, it just, this whole discussion made me think of that too. Like all these different ways you can portray these dystopian worlds. It's just mind blowing. Yeah, no, I don't think it's a side tangent at all. I think it fits perfectly because we're putting all these games on the line, right? And sure enough, mm-hmm. you're, I think you're dead on the money on that. Like all these games, you are in a very, uh, in a position of extreme power where you get to pick what happens and what doesn't happen. Even if you have someone breathing mm-hmm. down your neck to make the right choices, quote unquote, you're still the one who actually affect like the ground level. You're almost like middle management kind, right? Where, like you have a big boss oh, yeah. telling you what to do. And then you're just like passing, mm. you're doling out that punishment to like the common folk. Yeah. And you can put yourself in the position of either being the guy that comes back later and says, I was just following orders, which we yeah. all know is never the side of history you want to be on. Or <laughs> you can be the guy that's like, okay, yeah, I, my character might've ended up going to jail, but you know, I made a couple of other people's lives better before that happened. So it's, it's a really interesting way to kind of approach gaming in that situation. I actually, I don't know if there is a, I'm sure there must be just because of how these systems work. But one of the things I always, I really enjoyed in both mind scanners, as well as uh, the road 96's uh, story for the uh, police officer, which is a recurring character um, officer, Fanny is that mm-hmm. in all of these games, the best outcome you can hope for for both your characters or for anyone in a position of authority is for that person to be the type of person who can turn a blind eye without being noticed, right? Because a lot of the times right. in Row 96, um, a lot of the the, the types of uh, interactions you have with uh, Officer Fanny after like the first couple of ones where she starts getting to her head that maybe what she's doing isn't right is that she starts mm-hmm. uh, picking you up as if she was arresting you and then, you know, like a couple of miles down the road, she's like, okay, get out. And you're like, what? You're letting me get go? out. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, listen, if it was any other cop, they would have put you in jail or worse. So sent you to the I'm, pit. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm doing you a favor. So just get out. And I'm starting to think in games like death and taxes, mind scanners, papers, please. You're kind of hoping to be like her at some point of just being like, listen, <laughs> how about have the opportunity to do a small favor? Yeah, like you're like I remember I did that mm-hmm. in Mind Scanners a bunch of just being, you know, coming to the person and just talking to them, being like, "Listen, you have an issue, right? But you're not hurting anyone. Just sign this paper so they know that you've been treated, and um, you know, just try to be try to be more calm. Don't raise suspicions. You know, like try to try to right. you know portray a, like a veneer of of normalcy so we both don't get into trouble. And I'm like, man, that is really like the best you can hope for that doesn't really require mm-hmm. like a violence or change which again in road 96 right. a lot of people will uh will not will judge you for wanting to be a moderate <laughs> cuz yes. uh, yeah people people don't people are like man it's time for a revolution right about now and i'm like mm-hmm. i guess you're right i just i just don't want people to get hurt but maybe you're right I will say, though, on this second playthrough, I am playing a character who always talks about the revolution, no matter what, because I kind of want to see how that ends the game. Yeah. Um, and they still judge you. Oh, it doesn't do matter what decision you make. <laughs> <laughs> There's just it, no way yeah. to keep these people happy. <laughs> I think, yeah, I think it heavily depends on, on the character, because I noticed, like, all the terrorist characters, when you're talking about being a moderate, they're like, oh, yeah, I can agree with you on some instances. And then when you talk with Revolution with them, they're like, oh, right on, dude. 
you got the right idea. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, all uh, the figures I, of authority, they're, 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 they're the most happy when you just tell them that you just want to leave and not worry about anything. <laughs> and they're like, yeah, don't yes. worry about politics because the politics are good to me right now. Yeah, don't rock the boat. Just get the fuck out. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, one of the best uh, exemplifications of that, and I think that was a bit too on the nose, but I still liked it, is when um, <laughs> when uh, you're talking to Sonia, which is the uh, you know the, the reporter, and she mm-hmm. she you're, you're talking to them about you know like what is, what does she think about the, the the protesters? And she's like, well, I don't like them because they're trying to topple a system that's been good to me. I'm like, that's yep. very reductionist and on the nose, but kind of is like the kind of the entire point of a lot of a lot of like fascism isn't it <laughs> like that's the, that's it it is and Sonya is honest about it yeah that's one that's... thing that i really like about her character is she knows she's a shit. It's yeah. like she is very honest about it and she will tell you i do this because it gets me ahead in life i don't really care what happens to the world at large like yeah. i've got money i've got my fame i can do whatever the hell i want and i don't really care who i step on along the way and then, of course, she has uh, the classic trope of, like, you know, she has all this money, but nobody likes her, and she feels horrible about it. Uh, yeah, which you find out when she gets drunk one time. <laughs> yeah, which is, like, um, you know, uh, such a classic trope because, again, I don't know if that is if that is what happens in real life. <laughs> like, you have to wonder. Yeah, if I don't either. If, I've seen no evidence of it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know if these, uh, you know, these pundits that go on Fox News, if they go back home and they cry because nobody likes them. Like, I hope that's what happens because, you know, it would show that they're like at least part human. But I don't know if that's the case. Yeah, but <laughs> it doesn't work that way with actual narcissists, though. Only computer narcissists. <laughs> well, that's a, well, that's the thing. I don't know. Like, I legitimately don't know. I don't know if they, they, they like, cry themselves that nobody likes them or nobody understands them yeah. or that they're lonely. But And you can't. You can't ask them because they just lie to you. No, so. yeah. that's the I thing I we'll like never too. Know. <laughs> There's one interaction with Sonia that's very interesting when you're her in her limo, and she's talking about how mm-hmm. she hates herself and how she like nobody really oh, yeah. likes her. She only has fans because of her stupid show. And then when she sobers up, she's like, "I didn't say that. Get out of my limo. <laughs> I'm perfect. Why would I care, <laughs> yeah. sugar? <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, honey buns. Why would I care about people? Yeah. And you're like, you literally told me five minutes ago when you were like blast out drunk before you puked out of your limo window that you hated yourself. And he's like, no, I didn't. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> Why would I hate myself? I'm perfect, darling. <laughs> yeah, it's like, <laughs> okay, all right. I see. <laughs> so yeah, that, that's what I wonder. Like, like that's what the narcissist will tell you. But you know, like I feel like it's impossible to to really say what they really feel like yeah you'll never know but yeah i mean i guess uh closing thoughts uh play road 96 it's a beautiful game for sure um mm-hmm. uh, maybe avoid mind scanners if you don't like incredibly difficult games not morally <laughs> difficult just difficult <laughs> if you want something with a little bit more whimsy and uh, a bit more puzzles do try do not feed the monkeys um that one has serious scenarios but so much of it is just absolutely off the wall silly that you probably won't realize until you think about it later so that's my plug for that one yeah also not super hard <laughs> which helps a lot too yeah it really isn't it you can play your character just about any way you want without you know real consequence unless you just run out of food or sleep yeah aside from that it'll let you do pretty much whatever <laughs> 
Right, so this has been a new episode of Arcade Militia. And, um, thank you so much for being around still. I know it's been a long time coming, but we're uh, very hopeful of getting back on track and releasing these episodes like we're uh, originally used to. So for the uh, end screen here, I would like to shout out our beautiful patrons who help us uh, keep this going. So a huge shout out to Amanda, uh, Pixie, and CA. You guys are beautiful and again, uh, just amazing people. Thank you for waiting for us to come back and be right on track. So yeah, that's been it. Have a good one, people.